Hi beautiful souls, welcome to this week's Natural Hair Weekly podcast with your very own Natural Hair Weekly team. Today is Sunday the 25th of June 2017 and we've got another great podcast in store for you. We're going to start off with some overviews from last week's newspaper, some highlighted articles that we liked within the team and then we'll be leading into an exclusive interview with the wonderful and award-winning Charlotte Mensah. And then on the outro, we'll tell you what's in store that you could be looking out for next week. So definitely keep it locked. Um, let me introduce to you the team, myself, Jadusha, and the wonderful Zena and Candice. Hi, ladies. Hey, Jadusha. Hello, Jadusha. How you doing? I'm good. Hello, everybody out there that's listening to our podcast. Yeah, thanks for coming back. <laughs> um, okay, so I wanted to get a brief overview from starting with you, Candice. What was your one of your favorite articles from last week? Well, I'm going to jump right into it. Uh, my favorite article from last week is the Yara Shahidi is heading to Harvard. She chose Harvard University. Um, I think she applied to like 13 of them, but she chose Harvard University and she's set to, to attend there in 2018, along with Malia Obama. Uh, it's my favorite article as a young, late, a young actress in Hollywood seeing Yara shine as her role, Zoe, on the hit TV sitcom, Blackish as a very positive influence on, on young girls naturally. And to see that she's positive in her role on TV and also positive in real life, like going to university and Ivy League university at, at that, that was my favorite. I think it's inspiring for, for young girls that are watching her show on TV. Awesome, I totally agree with you. Me too, My, love Yara. Yeah, she's dope. My favorite was uh, meet the rising star who's blowing up the red carpet hair in the the red carpet hair game, and it's about Vernon Francois. Absolutely love him. He just seems like so much fun, but he's just he's blowing up all over the place. He does Lupita, he does Solange, Kerry Washington, Tracy Ellis Ross. Ruth Negger and Vogue highlighted him great, um, as well as Danae Benton, who is a rising star in Hollywood, who's um, in a theatre production called Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. So I thought that was really interesting, highlighting a new talent, natural hair talent, and also highlighting another superstar stylist, Vernon Francois. Zena? Sorry. Hopefully we can get him on the show too. I love his work. Yes, let's put some psychic vibrations out there for Vernon. Yeah. <laughs> what was your so favourite, sis? So my story this week is a little bit more sombre, but I really wanted to give um, Kadisha Say um, a mention. There was an awesome article in Fault magazine that we created, uh, which showcased her life and her work and the message that she wanted to um, get out through her work. Um, the tape written yeah. showing her work um, and also there has been a fund that's been set up in her honour um, by her mentor Nicola Green and it's to help young artists like Khadija to realise their potential. So it was set up with artist Dave Lewis and the director of Peer Ingrid Swenson and they're hoping to raise £50,000 by just giving which will be used for study, informal training, internships or mentoring for a young person whose background and circumstances might not necessarily grant them access to such support. So 
um, from a tragedy which was horrific and is affecting many people in London, um, something um, positive um, has come from that in an opportunity to honour Khadija, who's created such awesome work in her short time on this earth. Beautiful. A wonderful interview for you now, guys, with Charlotte Mensah, who is a UK-born Ghanaian. She's an award-winning hairstylist, owner and artistic director of the Hair Lounge Salon, which is based on Portobello Road in London. She's also the founder of Mensah Academy, um, also known as Love, and she's also the founder of the Manchetti Oil hair care brand. She is well known for inspiring not only stylists but business owners and women worldwide. She's a hard-working woman with an unwavering self-belief and a genuine down-to-earth attitude. So keep it locked and enjoy. I was never really into hair. I wouldn't say I was like this child that knew that she wanted to be a hairdresser. No, I didn't know that. I, I was more into like, I was very good at school in Ghana. I was always the first in my class. I was really good at maths. I was good at, so I was good with business, I think, from the early age without me even realizing. Because I grew up with my grandmother who, um, she had eight children and all her eight children had like eight children each. So we grew up in this house, which was like maybe 47 of us. There was oh loads of God. us. Yeah, there was a lot of us and my grandmother was this amazing woman who had so many skills. She could cook, she could do hair, she could sew, she could paint the house and she baked the most lovely cakes and bread. And she would literally, because in Ghana we sell things on like, you carry it on your head, to like around the area. So she would bake the hot bread and then she would set me and my cousins and my sisters to go around the area. And whoever sold the most bread, we used to get tips. <laughs> So we'll be like, I'm going that route, you're going that route, I'm going to sell mines quicker than yours. So I think I always had business in my head from, from a child. Mm. So then when I came to the UK at the age of 11, life was completely different. It wasn't so, everybody stayed in, no, there wasn't that community feeling, you couldn't go out. I came around November, it was very cold, I'm not used to that type of weather, I'm used to being outside. And then um, the most unfortunate thing happened when my mum passed away at the age of 13 so at that time my younger sister was three and you know it's just natural you start doing their hair and you know we used to have chats about how she was getting on at school and nursery and mm -hmm. and we both used to say how much we miss mum but it would be like a bit of a it was like a, a bit of a bonding sort of sharing time as well because mm -hmm. I'm doing her hair she's telling me stuff and also I'm kind of by me just helping her and making her hair look nice. I'm relieving stuff as well. Mm. So it was a really nice... And feeling that maternal voice yeah, for your sister as yeah. well, because she was so young. She was, you she know. was. And um, I, always, I always loved fashion. I love anything that looked beautiful. When I used to see my older aunties and my grandmother, especially growing up in Ghana, they dress amazingly, like any occasion, even if it's just to go and visit another family member, everybody always, put on this amazing attire. It wasn't about size. You know, you could be very slim or, you know, very big, but everybody always looked confident. Mm. Nobody, it was always beautiful. So I always liked fashion. And I think at that time we had magazines like Jet and Roots and Essence, and it was mainly American magazines. 
So you go through the magazines and think, oh, I think I could do this. This woman looks nice. I like how her hair looks. Maybe I'll try on my sister next week. And because she was only three, <laughs> she would say, oh my God, it's so nice. I used to think I was so good because she would appreciate it. Oh. And then I'll be like, oh, I'm very good then. So, <laughs> so, so um, because of the, the self-belief kicked yeah, in. Yeah, the self-belief kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> and I also read that you used to go to board meetings with your granddad because he worked yeah. for a brewery. Yeah, oh my god, you really checked me out. <laughs> and um, yeah. then you said that kind of subliminally prepared you for that. Yeah, because my, my grandfather was this great man who was the head of a big brewery called Tata Brewery, which was as big as the Guinness company. Yeah? And um, he was like, literally, we all relied on this one man. My grandmother, like I said, she didn't really even though she had all those skills, she didn't take any of it professionally. She didn't, she didn't even think, oh, this bread making is so good. Let me make it into a big proper bread factory or pantry. She didn't, never did any of that. So my grandfather was the one that looked after all of us. And he would always have the big Mercedes car wow. or be driven to school. But it wasn't like, it was in a quite humble way. It wasn't like, um, I don't know how it to put it. It seemed like normal. Yeah, it, it, was wasn't, normal. it wasn't like, oh my God, we're this rich family in the area. It was just, you know, yeah. he, he did really well. And I think because I came from London, there's this thing about the child being born abroad. Everybody held you as like some sort of celebrity. So I was this child that would be like, oh, is that the London baby? <laughs> she came in a Moses basket. I mean, people see him in the road. Are you the child that came in a basket? And I'd be like, what? <laughs> so it was like a bit of a, a talk in the area. Wow. Yeah, so then he would always, I was like his pet. If you mess with me, my granddad will kill you because I was like everything for him. Because I came as a tiny little baby at three Aww. months and I think he just took me in and like that time it was this, he would have been in his 50s, things were really happening for him and I was this really chubby baby that was like everybody just wanted to know. With like bright eyes. Yeah, and it was like always open, <laughs> always like ready, always had this big smile like, so he literally took me everywhere. So I was like his, I was like his briefcase, Lord. really. Yeah. That's awesome. And I remember going to some of these meetings and I, I remember them calling figures, I remember seeing loads of dollars. But I just didn't have a comprehension. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really. But I always knew that, oh my God, you know, there's, there's a way you do things. He's this director of the brewery. People respected him. Mm -hmm. You know, he's done really well for himself. And he came from a humble beginning as well. And he's done well for himself. But you still don't really register it all until later in life now I look back and I think yeah that was where it all started mm. from. Okay let's jump forward so when you returned to the UK you studied was it fashion? No what happened was again with all of the sadness from the death of my mum and everything as bright as I was it, my head was all over the place like in terms of you're so traumatized I mean I could barely sort of even make out my exams so I did well but not well enough and I remember the careers officers coming around, around the age of 15, 16, and they sort of said, like, what is it that you like to do? And because I'd already done all of the stuff that I do with my sisters, it was naturally for me to warm towards hairdressing. And then I got into a salon called Splinters, which was like a, yeah, which was an amazing opportunity because that was the first black salon in Europe. Wow. Yeah. And also the fact that it was really difficult to get into salons like that. But as soon as he saw me and I did my interview, he just said, you know what? I want you to start next week. But at that time, there was a training scheme going on called the YTS, Youth Training Scheme. Okay. 
which Margaret Thatcher had introduced. So it was like a um, apprenticeship. Oh wow! Yeah. So I did four days in the salon, and I went to London College of Fashion one day a week, and that was in the days of Alexandra McQueen, Stella McCartney. Oh. Okay. But I saw all these people, but we just think, oh, they just. Uh, you didn't yeah, know, and then later were... on, because they're all kind of like my age group, and um, later on they had these phenomenal names. So, w to be fair, we had the good, good start. Yeah. A good start. I mean, there were other people also in hairdressing, but they didn't really take it any further. Mm. But I, I always knew that there was... Because when I saw people like Dinah Ross coming in and all it, I used to think, wow, this is a great industry to be in. Not only... Did I feel like um, I was in a family because obviously my family's you know, it would punish us for coming late, it would make you stand outside, all sorts of things. <laughs> so it was like a father figure as well as mentor, as well as boss, as well as... It's amazing how the universe kind of fills those yeah, voids yeah. through other people, like earth angels. Yeah, you know? he, he was amazing. He was such a great... Um, yeah, Mental, just, yeah, everything. Yeah, he was, and he he just made sure, like, like sometimes you come in and you could see you're really sad, and he would just call you in the office and say, "Well, what's up with you today?" And you know, for it's always caring about your welfare, and you know, oh, sometimes you come in and say, "Well, I don't have money for lunch," and he would say, "Okay, take this, go and." It was it was just a great place to be. That's I mean, beautiful. yeah, and I I kind of needed that because at sixteen. You're so confused as well, because one, you didn't do well in your exams, you've got all C's and, you know, you didn't even want to share with anyone because some people are laughing and jubilating about A's mm. and A stars and there you are with a C. <laughs> so you're like, yeah. you're a little bit ashamed and you'll think, oh God, my mother would have wanted me to do well. So for me, when I got into the hairdressing, I, was, I always said, I'm going to really make a difference. I want to make a difference. I want to be that woman or that girl that's going to change things. And I, I just... Yeah, it became... And you have. Oh. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was so close to my heart as well because, like I said, the people I met and then all of the other stylists that were so inspiring and they were all, like, big sisters to me. There were so many people that were really, really lovely to me. Oh. And that made a difference. And also that made me stay in the industry because I felt like that's where I belong and that's where I needed to be and do you keep those type of do you pay it forward do you do a lot of the things yeah that you I do loads of stuff like I've done loads of um, mentoring like I feel like everyone that comes through this door I mean literally I, I meet girls that have you know came to me like the other day at the fire there was one of my ex-members and she goes Charlotte I miss you I want to come and see you they're all like my daughters when I see them I'll be like well why aren't you doing this what, what why did you stop so for me it's like it was kind of fed through the seeds that Winston implanted in us I, I, feel, like, so. I feel it's very very important the type of energy the person hand has when they put their hands in definitely, your head definitely definitely because I believe that um it's one of those it's you know it's, it's the type of job that the the first time you meet the person, the first 10 seconds of meeting someone, you're touching them. So it's a very kind of spiritual connections as well. And if you're not at ease with yourself, it's difficult to understand what the person wants and for you to produce good work in the end. So it's very important that you yourself are quite balanced. So I always say to like most of my girls that come in, they like, I want everything, I want it now. And I'm like, you know, well, you need to fix yourself first. Once you're fixed, everything else around you will be fixed. But until that, it's not going to happen. So it starts from inside you. You know, if your home's happy, your work will be happy. And naturally, you'll, you'll generate that heat. 
But if you haven't got that, then it's going to be a struggle. You're going to try about 10 different things and you think, oh, why me? It's not working for me. And you just go around in circles. So it's all about balance as well. You need to, you need to be at ease with yourself in everything you do. Uh, in terms of like upcoming stylists and just women, people in general, what, what kind of mantra do you, would you recommend that you could um, suggest in terms of dealing with very bustling industries, very busy lifestyle, very stressful as well. Yeah. How how what are some of your coping mechanisms? For me, I think you need to you need to you need to be you need to be not so hard on yourself because life is about it's a journey. It's not all gonna happen in a day. And if someone's twenty four and they made it, it doesn't mean that you're behind because you're twenty four and you haven't made it. Everyone's time's different. Opportunity comes to everyone at different times. And you just need to be patient and also humble yourself to open yourself to learn. If something goes wrong, use it as an experience, use it as a learning curve. Don't just say, oh, it's gone wrong. So, but take, sit down, analyze, why did it go wrong? Maybe I need to learn this lesson. That's why it went wrong. It might take you six months to learn the lesson. It might take you a year, but make sure you learn the lesson because most people don't and they start blaming people. And like I said, again, you need to work. We need to work on ourselves first. It's all about ourselves. If you're if you're a hundred percent with yourself, everything else falls into place. And I, I have done that with myself, so I know how far I've come, even with my kids and people around me, my support system. If it wasn't for us all working on ourselves, we wouldn't be here where we are today. So and also I, I, I truly believe in prayer. Like anything, I'm just there, like, you know, God, I, ha I have no way. You you know the way. I don't have anyone. You know, it's not like I've got like rich family or I've got agencies or big wealth behind me or something. It's all me, me, myself and I. So, well, where do I go? Well, who do I turn to? And for some reason, when you really open up and reflect, it all comes. It takes time. Like you said earlier, it took me six years to do the Manchetti. Why? Because it's all self-funded. Mm. It's all from my own. I work a little bit. I don't have the money. I wait. Some people can't wait. They'll be like, I want it now. And it doesn't happen now. Anything that happens that quickly, doesn't last. it doesn't last. Yeah. And also through the work in it, it taking so long, you learn so much. I've gained so much from just waiting, you know, like it would just literally, everyone's been like, when are you going to get in the shop? When are you going to, we've only just been speaking to people now. Most people wouldn't even give it six months. They'd be like, oh, it's not working. I'm giving up. Yeah. And for me, it's like, never give up. Just keep going. I love, I, I really do appreciate love your positive and enthusiastic mm -hmm. and, and challenging yourself as well and not being frightened to challenge yourself and, and I, I thought it was supreme that you didn't take any loans or anything, that you, you worked so hard. I worked so hard. As well as being a mother, as well as having staff, as well as having your children, your family, as well as working on the Manketeo, all at the same time. Hi, Superwoman. How are you doing? <laughs> it doesn't even seem real to me. <laughs> but what, you're right. In terms of when you when you when you're prepared to be consistent and tenacious like that, it it lasts it, a long it time. It does. It does because it's real. You are not pretending. It's not a script. You're not you're not acting out a film. It's it's you. This is your life. And whether it's going to take you six years to make it or ten years to make it, it's. It's, it's meant to be that journey for you and you need to learn. That's why your journey is that long. It doesn't mean that because someone did it in two years, you're a failure because yours is six years. We all have a different story to tell mm -hmm. and we're all here uniquely 
in our own life we have our own unique journey so you cannot compare yourself and I, I feel like with a lot of people I meet it's a lot of comparing and I wish I'd done this or someone's done this and how come it's so easy for them but I know certain things it's like it's unfair but life is not fair so you just gotta look at it like well okay it didn't happen for me I'm gonna let, brush myself off and try again just keep trying that door would open you know, I, I, I didn't even imagine this. I, I remember moving to this area in 1993. Thank and to, you couldn't even get a shop here. They would be like, oh, are you sure you got a viable business? I started my business in a business center that didn't even have a shop front. It was literally like a derelict, you know, you walk in there, people be like, you're mad, you got a salon there. But from that, sal that first salon, I went in with 50 people by two years. I had over 500 clients wow. through just sheer hard work and determination. I was so determined. I was like, you know what, even though it's a business centre, I can afford this. I need to grow. I, I haven't got anything. There's no point me being on Port Portobello with £25,000 a year rental and I'm not making that money. Who, who do I think I am to even want to be there? So maybe it's a good thing that they, they said to me I couldn't have it. Because mm. I would have failed. Yeah. I had to go through the business centre, start small, learn. And by the time I was ready to come here, I had 500. I was coming with 50 to a place that was going to cost me so much, thousands a month. Mm. So it made sense that I had to go through that. But then that taught me business. Yes. You see, that taught me how to manage. That taught me how to, to economize. You know, like, what is priority? Do you need to buy magazines every week? Do you need to do advertising? You know, all of those things. So we all need to just, I feel like for me personally, it's all about taking your time. Be consistent, be focused on what you're doing, but there's no rush. You know, as long as you're living, there's no rush because what you're rushing for, you rush and fail. So take your time and get it right. Okay, so we've moved outside to get some fresh air. Yeah, the, 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 and it's a hot day. Yeah, and the yeah. salon is bustling at yeah. the moment. Someone's going to get their hair blow dry. So we've kind of shifted, if you've yeah. noticed, the, the change in the air quality yeah. of the... Um, oh, no, just my hair. Isn't uh, it? What, what we wanted to ask you, we had um, some of our readers, yeah. a lot of people seem to be transitioning right yeah. now, yeah? yeah? So what words of advice could you give to someone who is moving from relaxed hair? Mm. What's the best way to move from relaxed hair to natural? To move from relaxed hair to natural, you can either do three things. You could either go for the big chop, which can be a bit scary for most people, like, oh my God, I have to cut all my hair off. But it's the most easiest, simplest way to do the transitioning process. The second method will be to use, we do something called rod sets or twist out. So if you're doing like rod sets, it's like the days of the curly perm. So it will set your hair on rods. So your regrowth and the ends where the relaxer is becomes the same. So there's not much combing because a lot of people realize that when they comb, because the roots is thicker and the ends are finer, it just pulls the ends out. So this will be more of like, all of the hair being the same texture. So it kind of makes it easier and less breakage. And then the third thing that a lot of people tend to do as well, they tend to like either have a weave or braids to grow it out. But our number one thing we believe in is treatments. Our treatments are amazing. We use the oils to do all types of different treatments. We do some that we exfoliate your scalp with the oil. And then we do like steams, we do like reconstructors and these help to build the hair up. So the breakage is a lot less. Because whatever you do, the ends are like old hair, it would come off. So to, to make the transitioning easier, it's best you just have like regular trims as well. 
and just keep doing the treatments every two weeks every two weeks it does make a difference yeah because of that protein you've yeah. got you've got a lot of immune boosters in yeah. in the manchetti oil it's got so much properties it's it's unbelievable it's strengthening it's hydrating it's moisturizing and also it repairs it repairs and using it over a long period of time i mean we've had clients that have come in and said my hair's never been so amazing i mean i've been my own guinea pig and used it on my hair for six years so i swear people come up to me and say you're wearing a wig and i'm like no it's my hair they just can't believe how full my hair is yeah and they're like really and you can have a texturized and doesn't break i said no because my hair seriously i've been having it texturized for six years and people are like but you're always talking about break i said i don't have that problem I swear by the Manchetti oil, it's really, really good. I've got to try it. Yeah, if you're not, we've got to give you a sip. Yeah, I've yeah got you're gonna to love it. it. Oh, you're gonna love it. You're gonna be you. like in awe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do need to ask you your masterclasses. Yes. Do they run twice a year? No, we were doing them every six weeks, but I've just moved with a new PR company and we're hoping to launch it at Stylist Life. So we've kind of just gone a bit quiet for now because Stylist Life is this massive three-day event it's okay. mainly like targeted at more beauty and like European hair and stuff but they want us to come in because I've just started with them and we're changing the name to curl power so it's about curls whether you've got two inch curl 20 inch curl whether you agree because there's there's clients that come in here that have got like they have no black in them well so they say but their hair is thicker than me and you sis wow. it's so out out of control even and you're like but hold on a minute and they'll be like oh my god i just don't know what to do and they've tried everything you go to their house they've got like 50 products wow and they try the shampoo and they're like wow this is the best thing i've ever had i mean we are a little bit premium so a little of them get scared like oh my god it's a bit too much but you know what they said it's been so good that they will save up and buy it yeah because the hair texture i mean that's why i'm really happy that we want it for thick hair because it seems like afro hair is right across cultures because you see them with the paler skin but their hair is so natural and so thick and resistant that it's even thicker than some black people's hair mm. so it makes you wonder like this whole curly thing is it's like it's a whole it's a whole story it's, it's another thing that brings yeah. us together we've got yeah. so many things that separate us yeah it's nice it's to know that what makes us whole that's why i said it's cross cultures because it's 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 deeper than just oh because someone's black they've got this here it's more like um and they, they're so frustrated with it as well because they, they don't know where to go they go to the european salons they don't know what to do they blow dried it to death straighten it to death they've lost all their moisture natural oils out of it because they've just been using the wrong products so when they come here and we sit them down we do those consultations and we're like this is what you need to do they're just like wow I feel like I've been lost for so long and now I'm found, you know? Mm. Because it's nice to know what to do. All people want is healthy hair on their heads. Exactly. That's all they want. And you, you, what you're saying essentially is it's just like your body temperature. Yeah. What you put in it. It's what you get. Right. It's so true. So, so and, true. and I buy organic yeah. and halal yeah. meat and things like that. So you, yeah. can't, you can't expect invest cheaply in yourself no, no, and expect no, no. great results no, not you have to make that little bit of an investment that's right and just that's take right. care of yourself yeah. so i'm all for yeah. it yeah congratulations thank you thank well you well done and thank, thank you. you so much for taking no the problem time and if you need us. any more just put it all on email to us i will yeah and who do you think i should interview next Ooh, who do i think you should interview so you've interviewed felicia, felicia you've interviewed andre walker yeah you i've interviewed you yeah uh, anyone spring to I mind love? 
who also I think is amazing and she's always in London or is it, does it matter? Because you guys travel all yeah, over. Yeah, we're global. Oh, we're global, wow, darling. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. What about this girl that always works at Solange and she does these amazing braids? Oh, yeah. What's her name? Oh, I don't know. She does the halo thing, yeah. doesn't she? She's amazing. Yeah. I love her. I just I posted her. an article on her the other day. Yeah. Let's pretend that I remembered the name. Yeah. Oh, what is her name? I'm just trying to think. It's not. She's quite is young. It crow, something crow. Cro cro yeah. Is it crow? Yeah, something like that. Shiny crow. crow. Yeah. yeah, we got yeah. there. That's it. Yes, she's amazing. Okay, so shiny crow's next. Because she's very driven, and I could see her spirit. She's hungry, you know. And I love people that are just willing to go that extra mile. And she has that in her. I don't know of her, but when I see her work, I know she's pushing boundaries. Yeah. Because I, I, I just did a collection that is just. If you see this collection, you're gonna be like in all. In fact, that's what I was doing when the driver came because I'm oh, in a competition. Oh, the pictures! Yeah. yeah, they're so powerful. I, I cried because oh. the idea I had for the the shoot was about life, and that day I did the shoot. It was my birthday, so on the day of my shoot, I that's May, May twenty second. Yeah. So what happened was. I had this amazing idea about life that we all have a voice, but we don't have a voice. Because even what we were talking earlier about the people in Grenville that have died and you know, no one's there talking for them. And it's like, I initially had the idea of putting them in white t-shirts. And then one day I just had this vision that no, 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 it needs to be, I need to, to kind of like tie them up. And then everyone's like, what do you mean tie them up? Is it S&M? I said, no, it's not no S&M. So I've got some, very fine like um yarn so i've made dresses and like literally if you see it like their whole body is covered in this the way i've done it so you know like you can tie like a choker yeah. yeah so i've tied it all around them and even on their hands so there's a girl praying there's like her hands are tied and if you see the expressions in their face it's exactly what i said and then everything that actually i wanted to talk about in the shoot happened on the day wow a guy outside on the road got killed. It was my birthday. One of the models got very badly, like, you know, beaten up and assaulted, but she still came. Wow. And it was just like, so profound. It was just so powerful because if you see the finished result of the pictures, you'd be like, Charlotte, what, where are you? People even saying to me, you're on another level. It's not even here. It's like, you need to do like a gallery and just talk. Mm. You know, because it's beyond here. What you're trying to tell people, the messages are too deep. Because mm. it's, it's, it's like, sometimes I feel like God speaks through me and I just need to put it out there. But it comes out in my work because I'm all about telling the truth. You know, even, even if it's going to take, like I said, even if it's going to take you 20 years to make it, tell the truth because the truth sets you free and the truth is you. That's what you're going to be respected for. That's what you're known for. There's no point me trying to copy someone because that's not me. Yeah, I can't be anybody but myself. And I, we all uniquely have a purpose here. And I think we tend to forget it as humans because we're so busy looking at things on social media. Someone has maybe got a million followers. They might, they might have a million followers, but they've got no substance. You've got someone with 10 followers and they're doing great, incredible things. And I feel like with the young people, a lot of them get sucked in by that. So they lose their way. We didn't have so much of the social media, so we have a more clearer head. But with them, they're easily distracted. So I always feel like when I meet the girls, I'm always saying to them, 
Just do you, do you. There's no rush. That's why I kept saying no rush. Mm. Just keep going. It will happen. If it, if it takes you till you're 40, so what? Doesn't mean that your life's any worse or, you know, this is your life. This is your story and it's all about our own stories. Yeah. And it, you're, it, you, what you're echoing, it's so important to have integrity, authenticity, stay true to yourself. And be accountable your... as well for what you do. What are you? Are you this? Stick to that. Because I get girls that come in and they're like all over the place. And I'm like, you're not going to get anywhere like this. You want to be this, you want to be that, you want to... You're doing like eight things. You're Focus. giving 20, 20, 20 minutes to each one. Focus on one. Do it so well. Once you've got it, you could be anything. That's why I use the example of Victoria Beckham. You know, you need to have one thing. Lay all the foundation. A house that is built, that is standing strong 100 years later had very good foundation. Use your 20s, your 19, you know, your, your teen years to really build. 30, 40, sometimes people that I know that are really having a good time, they're all in their 40s. It takes that long. It takes, it takes that long it to get to know long. yourself. Thank you, sis. It takes that long. And then everything is into place, so you'll fix yourself. So everything around you is... Because it takes so long to fix yourself. It's not overnight. It takes so long to get it right, even with your kids. I have two kids. I had to make sure that I spent good enough time with them, with my partner. But I didn't. They wouldn't give me the support. If without that support, I couldn't do this. And you this also, wouldn't you be wouldn't here. you thrive as well, because you have to take care of every vein That's of your right. life. It's so important. People say the words, but they don't know how to do it. They just say it. It's, it's deeper than just... The action of it is much more deeper than just the words, yes. you know, because doing it every day, of course you're human, you become weary, you become tired, you become stressed, like you said earlier, but how do you pick yourself up again? That's when I said about prayer and being balanced. Don't beat yourself up all the time. Sometimes all you can give is 20, not 100, but tomorrow maybe you might be able to give 100. So make up for it tomorrow, don't knock yourself down. And I feel like a lot of that happens as well in our community because we all feel like, oh, it's really hard for us. We're never going to make it. That self-talk is self-sabotage all is. the way. It is. And that vibration is. is just going to tune is. you into an experience that's going to prove it to be that's true. Right. Simple. And there's so much out there. I mean, if you saw where we came from, to where we lived, where I am now, it tells you with consistency, hard work and determined. You've got to be determined. You've got to be determined. People see me and they're like, oh, how do you do it? And I'm like, I just do it. The challenges come. I don't stay there and say, oh my God, my leg's broken. I'm going to, no, you know, I'm not going to limp forever. It's going to heal. So you just have to pick yourself up all the time, all the time. It's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but don't let it hold you back. You know, yeah. That was a great conversation, Jadusha. I love that. I mean, so many nuggets for up-and-coming stylists um, and business entrepreneurs. Uh, just so much to take away. I'm, I think I'm going to have to listen to it again to get all the, the nuggets. But yeah, that was an awesome interview. Um, we have on our YouTube uh, a video that tells you a bit more about the Menketi oil as well. So you can check that out as well. So great interview. Can't wait to hear the next one. So... What's been happening on the natural hair scene, Candice? Any events coming up? Uh, the next event that's um, coming up is the New Orleans 
hair show. Oh, yeah. Yes, the annual, the fourth annual New Orleans Hair Expo. That's on the 1st of July and the 2nd of July. Um, tickets are online. It's an event, right? Tickets, tickets, um, purchase. I think it's between 22 and $60. That must be happening around the same time the Essence Music Festival. Yes. Oh, yes, it is. Mm. It seems like New Orleans is the hot and happening place to be these days. So, you guys, if you're in that area, if you're someone that loves to go to hear shows, get there. Get there. Send us any little nuggets that you, you find. Anything you want to share with us, send it to us. We'll be happy to repost it on our page. Um, and for any of the sponsors, if you're looking to do any advertising, you can contact us at advertising at naturalhairweekly.com. Uh, we also have anyone willing to, to tell us what else is going on in, in your city, in your town, if you're doing it on your own. You can find us at info at naturalhairweekly.com. Any stories you have to share, hit us up on uh, uh, the editor, editor at naturalhairweekly.com. Anything you're looking for to, to do with anything naturally, just find us there. And don't forget to subscribe to our page so you do not miss out on any of the juicy, juicy interviews and other things we have going on in the natural hair community. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. <laughs> Speaking of everywhere, what's coming up next week, make sure you subscribe to the Natural Hair Weekly YouTube channel because you don't want to miss any of our podcasts because we've got so many exclusives coming up, guys. Next week, we're going to be interviewing the... Birmingham United Kingdom Birmingham that is entrepreneur the wonderful Tammy from Jim and Henry eight products look out for that and also we're going to be speaking with Michelle de Leon who is doing World Afro Day in September 2017 she's talking about a natural hair world record so if you want to know what that's all about definitely log on with us next week it's been an awesome pleasure having your listening ears please share the link tell your friends tell your families it's all about natural hair weekly it's all things natural you got the addresses from candice this is jadusha signing out wish you were here wish you were here bye zena bye candice thank you everyone bye, bye everyone bye. have a good week <laughs> <laughs> naturally <laughs>